0: Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. This week continues our series, Me Too. Enjoy and thanks for listening. We begin a brand new series today called Me Too. And this is a three week series where we will be looking at three different and unique statements, three practical and biblical realities for how we can succeed in life. Here's the deal I want to succeed in life. That is something that I want. And I don't think that's a bad thing to say, I think that is a great desire, that is a great want. And my best guess is that after talking to you, to many of you, this is also something that you desire. You want to have success in life. And this is beyond money and stuff. We're talking about having success in life in areas that lead to significance. That's really the conversation here. Uniquely, Scripture has something to say about how we can have success in life. And so this is what we want to think about for the next few weeks. Here's the first statement, and you just think about this to see if this may be a reality or a truth in your life. Here it is. Sometimes I feel like punching people right between the eyes. Don't raise your hand. Yeah, me too. Me too. Sometimes that's just what I feel like because occasionally you just had enough with the people around you. Or sometimes you're they've pressed the wrong buttons or the obnoxiousness or the arrogance or the rudeness is way over the top sometimes people cut in line or cut you off sometimes people go after someone in your family and you're ready to rumble or sometimes people minimize or laugh at your beliefs and you become irascible and you're ready to just pop somebody has that ever happened to you yeah me too me too So I want to think about a biblical response to anger. And what does God say about this? And Does God say anything about how we can respond? And what do we do with these emotions that well up inside of us? I want to take some time to think through this today, and I hope that you find it to be really helpful. Now, it's interesting because I've never really considered myself to be an angry person. I never have. And maybe you don't consider yourself to be a person who gets really angry. But I would say this, we're not very good at self-assessment, are we? We're really not. So in the spirit of full disclosure, I want to share with you one of my angry moments, all right? I want to share that with you. So a couple of years ago, as a family, we were preparing to have a family night. And these are things that we do occasionally where we just focus on each other and let's shut everything else out, and just spend time together as a family. And so it was one of those nights, and we came up with this plan where we would set up the tent that we have in our backyard. Now, we have a very small backyard where we live, and I have an enormous tent Because there's eight of us in our family. It's the biggest tent that I could find. And so several years ago, I bought it. And the thing is embarrassing. It's so big. It's really just an enormous tent. And so I have this small yard and this big tent. And I'm trying to set up the tent. And I'm not very good at things like this. And so I'm struggling with the poles and how everything fits together. And the tent is big. The yard is small. It's not really working out. And wouldn't you know, on the family night, of course, it begins to rain. So the rain is now coming, and I can't get the tent up in the small yard, and I'm pretty frustrated, and so I walk into our basement through our sliding glass doors just to go in and cool off and dry off a little bit. So I get my mind back around getting the tent set up, and I tried to convince everybody this is a bad idea, it's raining, I can't get the tent up, but no, no, it's family night, we've got to stick with this, and we're going to have fun no matter what. I'm like, all right, so let's get this tent up. So, what I didn't realize on my way back out the sliding glass door is that someone had closed the screen. Well, I didn't really notice that. I wasn't paying attention because I'm just in tune with getting the tent up and I'm a little frustrated now. So, as I walk through the sliding glass door where I thought I had a clear path, I bounce off the screen door. Right? The kids are like, ah ha ha ha, dad bounced off the screen door. That's really funny. Right? So, I'm done, uh, it's over. It's over. And I'm frustrated. I'm embarrassed. My own kids are laughing at me. It's raining. I'm miserable. So I did the only thing that I thought would be a great idea, the only responsible thing in that moment, and that is I just kicked the screen door <laughs> and I launched it into the neighbor's yard. Launched it. And boy, that felt great. And I remember saying, I beat you, screen door. I'm better than you. I'm stronger than you. And you're not going to ruin my night, screen door. Yeah, I'll teach you a lesson. And I felt really good in that moment. And then I felt like a dope. Because that's what anger does to you, doesn't it? Kind of sneaks up unexpected. And we have these reactions where we kick or scream or, or whatever it might be. And it might feel really good in the moment. But then all of a sudden, you feel bad because there is just a mess everywhere. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever been there? Has that ever happened to you? My guess is, if you are anything like me, you've had a moment that you're reviewing in your mind right now where you launched a screen door of some kind. And so here's our big idea for today as we think about this emotion inside of us, Where we say, sometimes I feel like punching people right between the eyes. So here's our big idea. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Okay? Don't do it. It's not a good idea. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. In other words, we want to take care of today's problems today. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Now, that sounds like a great idea, doesn't it? But how? How do you actually implement that? How do you actually pull that off? Well, Scripture is not silent. It gives us some great tips. And so if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find James chapter 1. And in just a moment, I will begin reading with verse 19. And I'll read through verse 21. So James chapter 1 Verses 19 through 21. While you're finding that, let me say this. I do believe there is such a thing as righteous anger. Not all anger is bad. Sometimes we think that or sometimes we assume that, but not all anger is bad. There is such a thing as righteous anger. I think the question becomes, how do you know if the anger that you're walking through or feeling in that particular moment is righteous or not? Is it a good anger, or is it something that I need to move out of my life? Well, I think there's a couple of questions that you can throw at the emotion. Like, is this something that makes God angry? Is it an injustice, or some type of sin that really makes God angry? Or is this something that stirs up the heart of God? And if the answer to that is yes, then I think we're potentially looking at something that could be a righteous kind of anger. Let me give you a great example. Last week, we packed a little over 10,000 meals for the impoverished around the world. Had a great Sunday. Felt really good to do that as a church. And I know in talking with some of you that as you're packing these meals, you got a little angry. That there are so many people around the world who are starving to death and are hungry and there seems to be a reasonable way to solve this problem. Like it was pretty easy in an hour to pack 10,000 meals. And if... More and more people did more and more of that than perhaps world hunger could be eradicated. And so you get a little angry about that injustice. Well, I think that is something that God probably gets angry at too. And so that is an example of a righteous or a good kind of anger. It is something that motivates you to act on behalf of others in a very good way, even a godly way. So, not all anger is bad. There is such a thing as righteous anger. But, we're not going to talk about that today. Alright? So, I want you to kind of put righteous anger over to the side, even though it exists, and even though it is there. I want you to put that on another shelf, because today, we're going to talk about the kind of anger that leaves a mess. That once it comes out, once it happens... Once the screen door has been launched, there is just a mess everywhere. And now you've got to go back and you have to pick up all of the pieces and make sure that everybody is okay. So we're not going to talk about righteous anger, even though that exists. That's a real thing. We're going to talk about anger that leaves a mess. And my best guess is we've all experienced this. Now, if this is something that gets you once in a while, and maybe you'd even say, you know, I'm not an angry person all the time. But if there's the occasional kicking of the screen door or whatever it might be, then I would encourage you to lean in for the next few moments and get a pen and take some great notes because I believe what I'm going to share with you from James chapter 1 is going to be very practical and very helpful. If you're here and you would say, you know, I'm not an angry person. Well, I just don't have these kinds of outbursts. Nobody would say that about me. I want you to know that an angry occasion with someone or something is probably just around the corner. I mean, it's sitting there and it is waiting to catch us and it never announces when it is coming. And so we want to be equipped to be sure that we respond in the right way. So I would encourage you to lean in as well so that you are equipped and ready to respond in the best way possible. Okay, James chapter 1. Now, here's what we know about this book. It is written by a guy named James. Yeah, that's his name. Now, it's interesting because in Scripture, there are several different James. Scholars tell us that this particular James is most likely the half-brother of Jesus. So, that's the author. That's who we're dealing with. Now, let's think about that for just a moment. Because can you imagine being the half-brother of Jesus? Oh, the pressure of growing up with that. Like, you know, James' parents occasionally said, You know, James, your brother Jesus is, well, he's perfect. And what are you going to do with your life, James? Going to write a book or something? Which is actually what he does. He writes the book of James, and he also becomes a very catalytic and influential leader in the early church as it was being established. So, James is a great leader. He's a great author. He writes this book to the church. And here's kind of the purpose of the whole book. And we're only going to look at a few verses this morning. But here's the purpose of the whole book of James. He wants to help the church live their faith life successfully. So consider that for a moment. James is writing to the early church. Jesus has ascended. He's gone back to heaven. This early church is growing and they're reaching people and they're having success, but they're also having some challenges. And so James, the half-brother of Jesus, writes to the church and he is enforcing and trying to get them to understand, guess what, church? You can live your faith life successfully. That is possible. So we've talked about that already. I want to have success in my life. I think you want to have success in your life as well when it comes to living for Christ. And what James does here is he basically says, I'm going to write a book to tell you how to do that. And there's multiple different ways. We're going to zero in on one particular way. It is a response to anger based on James chapter 1 and verse 19. So let's consider these verses now. Here's what James says as he writes to the church. Verse 19. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. So a couple of thoughts about these words. In the New Living Translation, which is what I just read to you, the word anger is used 27 different times in the New Testament, which was the focus of my study. In the Greek, there are seven different words for the English word anger. So a lot of different words... But when you begin to study these words, the broad range of the word means wrath or indignation or to burn. So whenever you see the word anger in the New Testament, you can understand it to mean wrath or indignation or someone who is really burning and they're hot mad, so to speak. In James chapter 1, in verse 19, the word specifically being used here is the word wrath. And so we could translate it this way. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get wrath or slow to get angry. Human wrath or human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires We're going to come back to that verse and think about it. But it's very interesting to consider that human wrath, our anger, does not produce the righteousness God desires. There's something that God wants for you and anger doesn't help us to get there. Question, wouldn't it be nice if we could have some level of success over anger in our lives? These emotions, these responses, these outbursts, wouldn't it be nice if that could happen for us? I think if you were talkative this morning, you would probably say, yeah, that would be a wonderful thing. Well, what we find here in James chapter 1 is that this great author, this great father of the early church is saying, church, guess what? You can do it. It is possible for you to have success in this particular area and for you to produce the kind of righteousness that God wants for you. And I want to roll out a model for you. And so I want to share with you the model that James gives starting in verse 19. I think it is incredible and it will be very helpful if we implement it. So here's what the model looks like. There are three steps, two conclusions, and one secret. That's the model for overcoming anger and for producing the righteousness that God desires. So three steps, two conclusions based on what we've read, and then one secret to the whole thing. So let's consider these three steps. Again, write these down on your note section or in your Bible because I think they're very helpful. Before I put them on the screen, though, I want you to know this. This is not new information. Like you have seen these steps before. You have heard this. And you will say, "Ah, you know, that's too simple. Well, we're going to think about how we can actually act on these things because it's what God reveals to us. So these are three steps that I believe work every time they are tried. So again, not new information. I don't want to oversell it. But again, we need to act on it. So here we go. Three steps. Number one, be quick to listen. Number two, be slow to speak. And then number three, be slow to get angry. That's it. Be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and be slow to get angry. And I think the third step is actually more of a result like if you do step one and two if you are quick to listen and slow to speak the result is that you will probably be slow to get angry that's kind of the result think about this now think about this be quick to listen be slow to speak be slow to get angry if we just did this wow Like, I believe everything improves. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. And I don't want to oversell these steps, but I believe they work every time we make an attempt to be quick to listen, be slow to speak, be slow to get angry. So think about your marriage for just a moment if you are here and you are married. What would improve? Or how many marriages would improve? If we were quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry, how many marriages improve? Answer, all of them. All of them. See, this is like the key, the secret to many things. Think about your relationships at work, maybe with a boss or a coworker, or perhaps with a team and maybe there's some tension there and there are angry moments and exchanges. What would be improved if we were quick to listen, if we were slow to speak, slow to get angry? I think everything improves. Students, what about in your school? With a friend or another student or perhaps even a teacher. Maybe there's some angry moments there. What would happen if we were quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry? What improves? I think everything improves. Parents in the room. What about us? What if we were quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry? what improves again i think everything improves and what's so interesting about these steps is they speak about how there should be less talking and less communication which is really hard for a lot of us i know that's challenging for me because i like to talk i speak for a living. And so, I like doing this, but the challenge is here, hey, be quick to listen and be slow to speak. I think there's just way too much talking sometimes. One of the things I'm realizing in my parenting journey is that I have more questions now than what I have answers. I really parenting is a tough thing. It's a really tough thing. And I used to think that I knew what I was doing. I used to think that, but now I'm convinced I have no idea. I'm clueless. I really am. But I do know this I do know this. If I'm quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry, everything is much better. And so, again, I don't want to oversell these steps. But I think it is absolutely essential that if we're going to have any level of success over angry responses, that we've got to take heed to what we find right here and really plant these things in our minds that I've got to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And when I do that, everything will improve. All right, those are the three steps. Let me share the two conclusions with you now because I think this helps to reinforce the steps. So here's the first conclusion right out of verse 20, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Here's the good news that comes from that verse. God desires something from us. And I think that's wonderful and amazing. There is something that God wants for you and there is something that God wants for me that actually produces righteousness And guess what? Anger does not help us to get there. So we got to roll back to the three steps and say, if God desires this for me, if this is something that God wants, if I have to put this aside, then quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Because human anger, human wrath is the word there. It does not produce this kind of righteousness. It just doesn't. That's the first conclusion. Here's the second one. Verse 21. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Now, this is interesting to me because it almost seems like we've shifted gears here. Like, wait a minute, I thought we were talking about anger. What's this filth and evil in our lives? Well, I think in the context of the chapter here, our unrighteous anger is the filth and the evil that we need to get rid of. And so James is saying here, get rid of that and you'll be producing righteousness. And that's good. And who doesn't want that, right? I want to be producing the kind of righteousness that makes God happy. And you probably want that as well. And that's why you're here and that's why you're listening and that's why you're taking notes. And that can happen when we implement these steps and think about these conclusions. Now, the secret to all of this Verse 21, Humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean if I stop being angry, I can be assured of my salvation? Now, we're not talking about salvation here. We're not talking about our assurance of a home in heaven. We're talking about being saved from the mess that anger creates. And guess what helps us with that? The Word of God. The Word of God. And this is why we have to humbly accept it and embrace it and place ourselves under the authority of what God's Word actually says. One scholar says it this way, we must therefore yield ourselves to the Word of God with most submissive, humble, and tractable tempers. This is to receive it with meekness. In other words, place yourself under the authority of the Word of God. And when that happens and when we do that, I believe we can have success with these angry emotions that well up inside of us that cause us to want to send the screen door into the neighbor's yard. So the challenges, and here's how I would encourage you, and we'll come back to this in a moment. I would encourage you to find an anger verse, a verse you can memorize, a verse you can wrap your mind around, that when these things are welling up inside of you and you're about to punch someone right between the eyes, physically, or maybe at least in your mind, you're prepared to do that because you're so angry. Before doing that, before taking that step, this Anger verse is something that you have rolling around in your mind and you say it over and over and over and over again. It will help you in the moment and transfer attention away from the object, away from the screen door that you want to launch. That's what having an anger verse will do. And so I would encourage you, search and dig and find something that speaks to you about these three steps quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Let me share three takeaways with you, and let's make this as simple as we possibly can because I want all of us, myself included, to be able to walk out of here just knowing, all right, here's what I can do to have some success. So here we go. Takeaway number one, I want you to memorize steps one, two, and three. I want you to be able to spit them out as easily as possible. All right, and it's not difficult. We're going to actually do it right now. So you'll be able to walk out of here saying, Oh, I've done one of the takeaways. Wow, this is an amazing thing. I love going to church. All right, so here we go. Say it with me. Let's memorize these Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Again, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. One more time Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. All right, you can check off takeaway number one. Great job. should be proud of yourselves. Smile. <laughs> Thank you. Memorize steps one, two, and three. Here's the second takeaway. Act on steps one, two, and three. And quite honestly, I think this is the problem. At least I know it is for me. It's one thing to know I need to be listening and speaking less so I have less anger-filled moments. It's one thing to know that intellectually. It's an entirely different thing to live this out and to act on it. And that's why James, in another part of his book, he tells us, be doers of the word of God, don't just hear it. By the way, that's a dangerous thing to just hear God's word and then kind of walk away. James tells us that's like looking in the mirror and seeing broccoli between your teeth and doing nothing about it. Nobody does that. You're going to take care of what you see in the mirror. But often we listen to the word of God and we walk away and we don't act. And so if we want to have success with these anger-filled moments, we have to act on those three steps. And then thirdly, find an anger verse. Find it. Search. Here's some suggestions. Romans 12, 19 talks about anger and how we can have victory there. Ephesians 4.26 says the same thing. Or perhaps you just want to take James 1.19. We've talked about it. You've memorized a little bit of it. That could be a great thing for you to say over and over and over again in the heat of the moment so that it transfers your attention away from what is causing the anger. Now, in doing this, I believe... That will be taking care of today's problems today. And we'll be living out the big idea. Which tells us, don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Now, if all else fails, just do what this picture says, right? When you want to throat punch somebody, but you're getting right with the Lord. So, when you're ready to punch somebody right between the eyes... Or you're going to throat punch somebody. That's a devastating thing as well. Just remember, I've got to get right with the Lord. And the way I do that is, okay, here it is. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. That's how I do it. Now, I'm kind of passionate about this today. Because I struggle with this. And I imagine that you might as well. And listen. If we have success in this area, think about this. We have the potential to inspire and surprise the communities in which we live, the places where we work, and the schools that we attend. We can do that. And here's why. Because no one is doing this no one. It seems like everyone is angry, and all of the rhetoric surrounding everything and anything anymore is all about launching grenades, and it is absolutely exhausting. So imagine with me for a moment a community of believers who are committed to not being that way, that I will be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Nobody else is doing that. Imagine the bright light that we could be right here in the communities in which we live, in the places where we work and in our schools. And that's why I think it is so vitally important that when we sense I'm about ready to punch somebody right between the eyes or I'm going to throat punch somebody or I'm going to launch a screen, that we dig deep because this gives us the opportunity to surprise and delight and to inspire and to be the kind of people that God wants us to be. Make sense? All right, let's do it this week. Father, thank you for what you reveal to us in your word. God, this is a tremendous challenge here in James chapter 1. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. God, I pray that you'd help me and everybody that's hearing this today, everybody that heard it first hour, everybody that will listen to the podcast, that they will embrace the model for having success over anger. God, I believe we can do this. I believe it is something that can happen. I pray that you'd give me the strength and everybody in here the strength to implement these things this week. God, knowing, just knowing that it'll make a significant difference because nobody's really doing this. God, if nobody's doing it, your people, your kids should. And so, help us to be that kind of faith community. Help us to be those kinds of Jesus followers that just say, no matter what's going on around me and no matter what's welling up on the inside, here's what I'll do I'll be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry, especially when I feel like punching someone right between the eyes. God, give us the strength and the courage to do that this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.